Yeah. Oh, man. So are you ready to get started? Here we are. Here we I'm, are. I'm, girl, I'm always ready. I love it. We are on episode four. Wow, guys. Welcome to episode four. Quattro. It has been a ride. It, you know, are we ready to get off? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm loving it. I'm like, I'm very distracted by this whole new passion. Okay, this is, an, I want to look at you. So this, I feel like turn I need this to. this a little bit? There you go. Yeah, this is good. Oh, there we go. Okay, I need the pillow in my lap. I know. What kind of monster sits without a pillow in their lap? Did I, did you do this before we met? We, it was something we both already did. Okay, that's what I want. And I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Just like the most comforting thing of all time. And without it, I feel naked. I agree. If I go anywhere, I'm like, I need a pillow to put on my lap. I don't right. know. It just makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this is your first time listening, uh, you should go back to episode one and kind of get a rundown of what we're doing here. But the shortest version, I guess, Brittany, is we're two best friends who grew up with a very religious background Mm -hmm. and now we're not so religious anymore and we kind of are living life uh, influenced by that perspective. Yeah. Even though we're in a different place in life now. So uh, if you want more information about that, definitely go back to episode one. And then you got two and three right after that. So listen to them too. I mean, go for it. It's very binge worthy. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the critics are saying. Binge worthy. Binge worthy. Full show. (laughs) For sure. And by the critics, I mean like my brother-in-law, Brittany's husband, (laughs) people of that nature. So go back, start there. And if you already have, let's go. Well, so one of the things we wanted to do um, as we're, I mean, we're in episode four, so we've got this figured out at this point. Oh, yeah, pros. But, you know, we also like to switch things up. So to kind of kick off this week's episode, we thought it would be fun to kind of do a quick, I I don't know what we should call this, kind of like speed questions, like a speed round. Okay, who gets number one, you or me? Um, You. Okay. I feel Leave like that in. because I edit, whatever, this is all going to get cut, but because I edit these podcasts, like I said this to you the last time I was here, but when, even when we're standing in the kitchen, I can hear our cadence. You I can, can. I can hear myself interrupting you too many times and I hear it on the podcast. I'm like, Brenner, let her finish her damn sentence. Oh no, I'm sure I do that. That's no, what you converse- don't. You don't. You're very <laughs> polite and like you, if it's the right moment, you're very good at it. Like I need you. Appropriate. Appropriate. (laughs) You appropriate. um, Your sentences. No, I just yes, I just get very excited, and so I want to jump in and get it be a part of it. But then I like kind of kill the end of your story, and I'm like, yeah, I'm really gonna need you to leave in the part just now where I was asking you if I cut you off, and you interrupted me to say no, I cut you off. (laughs) I'm gonna need you to leave that in. (laughs) See, I have a problem. It was amazing. <laughs> so back to the speed round. Let's see how this goes. I can't wait. Okay. What is the first thing you grab for in the morning? Do you want to throw up? Josh's arms. Oh my gosh. But it's true. I cannot. It's like a rule that I I should just save my boyfriend's arms. Uh, it's a rule for me. I can't get out of bed until we have a quick hold. Well, Curtis, I'm sorry. Because... <laughs> Josh doesn't always want to do it. My, it's my uh, rule, not first his. thing I grab for in the morning is my, my phone. phone. 
and probably my blanket because I wanted to go back to sleep. Totally. And also, to be fair, the first thing Josh reaches for is his phone, not me. Yeah. That's normal. But Curtis would love it to be me grabbing for him or just grabbing him. Yeah. So <laughs> try it tomorrow. Tell me how it goes. <laughs> okay. Number two. Do you cover your eyes during a scary part in a movie? I don't watch scary movies. That is accurate. And I don't. I do watch scary movies, but I don't cover my eyes. I feel like I've watched like one scary movie with you ever. Yeah. I avoid them at all costs. It was 2012. What was it? I don't remember, but you, me, Curtis, um, kept trading off going to the Blockbuster. I almost said literally, but no more literally. We kept trading off going to Blockbuster and one of the movies we got was scary and I don't remember what it was. Was this when we all lived together? Yeah. I think it was like Paranormal Activity or something. Oh, I wouldn't wouldn't touch that. It wasn't. I would not touch that movie. (laughs) Then maybe Curtis and I watched it alone. I don't remember. Anyway. That movie's going to hell. (laughs) That movie gives the, me nightmares. The movie is hell. They're it so is good. hell. Okay. What to you is the perfect, most ideal age to be? 28. 25. Okay. I was going to say 28 or 32, but like, yeah, the thing also, about yeah. the late 20s is you are still in your 20s, which is cool, um, and you are like close enough to your 30s that you get respected by older people. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I feel like I I take back my answer. You can revise it. I'm right. I Yeah, you are. Well, I was going to... I feel like it sounds so cheesy, but I'm like, this age? Yeah. Like, I feel... Yeah, I feel like in my 30s, I've been the most happy. I think that's true. I think we're like the most comfortable with ourselves, but like, I don't know. The 20s yeah. were cool too. Great. <laughs> okay. Um, number four, have you ever kept a library book? Maybe on accident on accident yeah that's fair I don't think I've ever done it on purpose but I also haven't gone out of my way to return one when I realized I still had it same okay same um high school awesome or terrible awesome I went to an awesome high school I'd say awesome as well Harrison Art Center Lakeland High School what what Sully Park Primary School in South Africa what what (laughs) (laughs) we're so cool yeah all right cats or dogs a hundred percent one two three dogs uh adjective that best describes you when you are drunk super fun uh sleepy (laughs) that could not be more accurate yeah you fall asleep i do um did your parents ever give you the birds and the bees talk uh, this a, should be a whole episode. A version, a version of it, yes. My mom one time sent me to the uh, hardware store in Key West to pick up a piece for something. And she goes, when you get there, you need to tell them you need the female piece. You need the female oh. piece, not the male piece. <laughs> and I was like, what are you, are you talking about? And then she started, well, so on a man, da, 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 on a woman, da, 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 and it fits. And I'm like, oh, my God. And that was the only thing I got. That was my talk. <laughs> Okay, number nine. Beaches or snow? Beaches. Beaches. Ugh. Do you believe in something after death? Oh, I say I choose... Sure. <laughs> I choose... We don't know. Yeah. I yeah. I hope so. Hope, ho- I hope for something... Um, um, is it okay to sleep with socks on? Yeah, absolutely. I f- yes to that too, but Curtis thinks it's crazy. So does Josh. It's fine, you weirdos. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with them. <laughs> okay, what is your love language? Quality time at this point in my life right now. It's very mature of you. Yeah. Mature. Um, gifts. Ugh. It's gifts. like the least of them all, but yeah, I'm like such like gifts speak to me. Great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is your vice? You really want to know? I do. This is so embarrassing. I can't wait. I am obsessed with like 
pimple popping videos, but not <laughs> like Dr. Pimple Popper, y'all. Like she is just the. If you say tame, I'm gonna. No. Yeah, she's the beginning. No, no, she's the beginning. Spend some time on Reddit. It is. I can't. Yeah, so I have a specific kind that I like. <laughs> Is this one of the ones where you, it's like with all the holes and they all come out at the same time? Well, no, that one's cool too. But no, I just love like good blackheads, like a whole face of them. Yeah, oh, that's my advice. It is really weird. And here's the thing. I am not alone and I will not be shamed. Oh, I, I'm trying not to shame you right now, but you do you. It's sick. I mean, I can watch a 45 minute video. It's insane. I like things that come to, this sounds so sick, but like completion so, like, I love pressure washing videos. Yeah. No, it was fine. You love a good before and after. I love a good before and after. That's what it is. 100%. So, okay. What's your vice? Uh, diet Coke and pasta. Oh. Soup's healthy. Yeah. Let us weigh I mean, more like, normal. vice, I feel like I don't sort of, um, I, I, I feel like maybe video games or something would be my other, but vice sounds more. I would go, like, pasta feels more risky than video games. Yeah. I feel like pasta. Yeah. yeah. Love pasta. Pasta is my vice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Diet Coke is my addiction. Yeah. <laughs> Vice and addiction. I love that. Um, where do we leave off? Hogwarts. Oh, what is your Hogwarts house? I'm a Ravenclaw. I think I also am. I think you would be. I think when I took the test, I was a Ravenclaw. Um, comfortable silences or nonstop conversation? That depends. But I would, I mean, I, my gut is to say nonstop conversation if it's, um, but I mean, if we're on a plane, I Ooh. would. 100% go with comfortable silences. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good answer. Good answer. I'm going to go with yours. That's a good one. Impulsive or methodical? Methodical. Impulsive. Um, Which is more preferable, being nice or being fair? Being fair. Agree. Completely agree. Uh, your favorite TV series? Of all time? That's tough. That but is tough, yeah. I'm going to go with an oldie but a goodie, Dawson's Creek. Oh, that is a solid. Yeah. That's a solid one. I have a hard time with this question, too. I'd probably say... My my gut reaction is like Gilmore Girls or something, mm. but there's so many good ones. Oh yeah, Parenthood. Yeah, Parenthood. So many. Yeah. If you could choose a superpower, what would it be? Fly. Oh, interesting. They say there's two kinds of people: the fly people and the read your mind people. And I'm a read your mind person. Yeah. Or like the invisible. Like I just want to be able to go wherever I want. Oh, cool, cool, cool. I I just want to be able to snoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last one is just wait for it. Are you a believer? In what? <laughs> Aliens? <laughs> mm, I like that God? One. Um, in the Christian sense of the word, like, probably not. Yeah, that's what I would say, too. I okay. would say, I'd say the answer is no um, in the traditional sense, but right. probably like a hopeful for there being something um all right so that was uh, a little get to know you session from us to your ears <laughs> and um uh, today's topic that we're kind of wanting to not kind of wanting to what we're wanting to talk about today which if you read the podcast episode title clicked on this it would be how the hell do you pick a career at 18 years old at 18 how do you do it it's absurd it really is. In my opinion. And that's like a really quick summation. But um, man, it's absurd. And you know, growing up, I went to, I mean, uh, public schools part of the time, private part of the time. They started like grooming you for college in sixth grade. 
Oh, wow. At 11 years old, you started working on career um, trajectory, like coursework. Isn't that wild? That's very young. So young. I can't imagine not like Nadia in a few years already needing to figure that out. Totally. It's like inappropriately young to think about such a thing. Totally. Did you know know what you wanted to be when you were 18? When I was 18? Well, I had a lot of things I thought I wanted to be when I was younger. Um, I thought I wanted to be an author. Mm -hmm. I thought I wanted to be um, a journalist. I thought I wanted to be... A newscaster was a big one, which is kind of the combination of writing and journalism and whatever. But I was obsessed with newscasters and I did not take that road. Um, But I didn't like divert entirely either for what I did during college. Why did you not take that road? Why did I not pursue newscasting? Yeah, This is going to I so I have found in the last like year um, that there Oh, I wish I could think of the term right now. I didn't even think my mind would go here on this. But they're, oh, what is her name? Mel Robbins. She has this whole book called Take Control of Your Life. Oh, yes. I've and this. yeah, it's a good book. And in it, oop. Audible Originals Maybe one day we'll have a sponsor from Audible. There you go. <laughs> I did not mean to play that. That's so funny. Well, she talks about different types of people in that book about how you may be um, so easily swayed. Like if somebody tells you you can't do something, there's a certain type of person who says, yes, I can. And there's a certain type of person who believes that. Yeah. And I, um, for whatever reason, especially growing up, not so much anymore, but I'm the person who believes it. Okay. So what happened was I went to, um, I wanted to shadow a newscaster at Tampa Bay News Channel 9. And um, how old are you? At this point, I would have been actually about 14 or 15, a little bit older. And I still really wanted to do this. And um, I sent an email and I got a response. I don't believe it was from her. I think it was from somebody in her office. And I wish I still had this email, but they responded and basically on some level found out I was a white female and they were like, "Mm, Mm. yeah, and they they said something in it along the lines of you're going into a career where they're seeking diversity among women and you're not diverse was basically what it said. Okay, Um, Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about it. I would say even like, okay, so you were 14. So that's 14 or 15. So it would have been like 15, 16 years ago. Yeah, it would have been 2002, 2003 ish. It's surprising because I I mean, I realize the newscasting world, I guess I, I, I feel like it's I can't say evenly saturated. I don't know the numbers on that, but I feel like there's a lot of women in news. There's tons of women in news, so it there seems, totally are. I don't know. That's a, that's a, yeah. That's yeah. strange. So it was. It was just strange, and so I just went. It almost like gave me an out to be like, oh, I was afraid I would fail at it anyway. Mm. Um, oh, it's it's the failure belief system. Oh, I'm gonna have to. It's okay. we'll, if I can remember what it's called, we'll link to it or something. But well, first off, did you know? Like when you were a kid, did you have a thing like this is what I want to do? I like as a kid, very similar to you actually, which is not shocking if you've been <laughs> listening to this podcast the last few uh, episodes. We have a lot of similarities. Um, I always wanted to be, I wanted to be a teacher at one point, but I also for a long time wanted to be a writer or like um, even clo- even leading into going to college, I, I looked very seriously at the newscasting stuff. I don't even know where that came from though. It wasn't 
inspired by anything specifically. Yeah. I think it was just when you start doing research on majors and like what, you know, oh, you, re- you major in communications, what career that could lead to. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so when I went to college, it was something that I was interested in, what I chose to major in, but it was also like the safe choice. Okay. So I majored in journalism and I did the two and two things. So I had a scholarship, thankfully for college where I got like two years of community college, um, or local, whatever state college covered. And then I could transfer to a four year state college. Um, and my next two years would be covered. So I did that. And my first two years, I majored in uh, mass communications, Mm -hmm. and then I used that to transfer into the journalism program. But when I did the journalism program, I did not do the telecom track. I did the editing track for newspaper, um, which has served me so well. Like, what a great major. It serves you in so many different um, industries across Mm -hmm. the board. So I'm, I'm super glad I did it. But I didn't do it out of some big interest in writing for newspapers. Yeah, it wasn't that I was like, this is a really practical. It's a, a way more practical um, major than English. Yeah. But um, that said, I didn't like it. I did kind of pick that at 18. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not doing that now for sure. It has served me. It's helping me with things I'm doing now. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I studied something for a medium that's almost dead. But did you pick, like, you use the word practical, which, like, in in a little bit I'll talk about, like, what I got into too. But I think that's very interesting because I would use the same word for my choices. Yeah. So when you say practical, did you feel like you made that choice because – you knew you could get a job? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Like no matter, I was like, I know I can use this and work in a lot of different industries. It's what I, is what I knew. And I did know that I was always very interested in books. Um, And I, my first thing that I ended up doing was going into book publishing versus actual like journalism. And the reason I was able to get into book publishing is because I learned how to edit so well from my college courses. But um, the practicality was absolutely I want to be able to leave college and get a job anywhere. Yeah. Was someone, it, was any of that, sorry, I interrupted you. No, I was going to say, it's, will someone pay me 40 grand out of college is what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> High goals. Yeah. yeah they were very lofty. Yeah. And the other part of why I chose journalism too, which I didn't even mention and I almost forgot about was, um, I thought I was going to go to law school. Oh yeah. I yes. worked in law firms from the time I was 18 years old until I was like 23 years old. I equally, I, it's hard. I equally want security in my life and happiness Yes. And it's really hard to sometimes make those work together. Yeah. So I went to law school days at the University of Florida and every single lawyer who was talking at that event that day was absolutely miserable. Interesting. And I had worked for a lot of lawyers who weren't miserable. So seeing the flip side of it. Yeah. And I was like, again, fear of failure kind of person who gets told, um, like my mindset can be small. So I just went, oh, you can possibly be unhappy in this. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yep. That's interesting because you kind of made some decisions throughout those piv- pivotal sort of years yeah. that were based on like a moment. Yeah. A lot of them. A lot yeah. of them. And the other part though too, which is a little off topic, but for me personally, I also um, was married at the time and he wanted to come to California um, to pursue acting. And I didn't want to go to law school, not at the University of Florida. Okay. So once I saw these unhappy law firm people, <laughs> whatever, these unhappy attorneys, I was like, cool, cool, cool. We can go to California. I'm not going to go to law school out there. 
Um, because like it just would have been, yeah, I wrote yeah. it off. It was just going to be so much more expensive, and it almost felt like a weight off my shoulders. Cause it's like, cool, we can go follow somebody else's dreams and just like, not worry about so that. much simpler. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Wow, such a small little brain. What about no, you though? I need not to a know. Small little brain. I think it's just. I, I think it's so interesting in life that there are these pinpointed moments, and mm-hmm. it's sim- similar for me, where it's like the smallest things and you don't realize it's going to like change the course of your life. Yeah, I could have gone either way. Like, because if I had gotten into law school there, there was a chance we were going to stay for the three years. Let me get my um, degree. Uh, and then and then we would move to California for him to pursue acting. Okay. And I don't think either of us wanted to stay for those three more years, even yeah. though I wanted that degree. I didn't yeah. want it enough, like enough. Yeah. It know? was like that. He wanted to do that more than you were like, you Wanting, were probably already mm-hmm. wrestling with it. And that was just like the thing you needed to kind of close that door. It right was. Then. That's yeah. exactly what it was. Okay. Yeah. It made it easy. Yeah. And I'm glad. I'm so happy here. I'm so glad I came here. I'm so glad I'm not an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thrilled about it. But that said, I, I wish that I could also go back and like be a little harder on myself. Nobody was hard on me in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what about, did you pick what you were going to do based on like job security though? Or was it like out of um, love? I realize every time you ask a question, I'm like, <gasps> I got to stop doing that. Um, not definitely not out of love. Um, I decided, so going into college, I trying to even remember what I first, what's funny is like to tell a quick little story is I remember sitting, so I first started out off at Evangel University, which was in Springfield, Missouri. And then I transferred out two years later to Missouri State University. And I remember now sitting in the chapel and we're all these freshmen and basically they were dividing us into chunks of like, um, what would be the right, like there's like the undecided and then there's like sort of the math science wing and like basically they were taking us off into different orientations. They did this with us too. Yeah, I'm sure it's a normal thing. And at the time I was honestly very undecided, but that's also not my personality. Like I'm... I tend to just like pick something, even if it's maybe not the right thing at the time, I'll just like pick something and then go with it and then decide later to change my mind. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I don't even know if I've told very many people this story, so here you go. (laughs) But I was, I was dabbling with the idea of, of teaching, of going into math and being a math teacher or or science teacher or something because of a hundred percent, the practicality. I never thought about like, oh, I could one day make lots of money. It was just kind of like, this is something that helps people. Like, I grew up as a missionary kid. I, f- I felt like if I didn't go into ministry, then I should do something that's philanthropic in uh-huh. some way. So anyways, I remember sitting in this auditorium and there was a boy. Curtis and I were broken up at the time. There's always that's a another boy. story. <laughs> but basically, we dated in high school. I had broken up with him before we went to college together. It was a long story. <laughs> um, so basically, we're I there was this guy that had caught my eye and I was literally deciding between going into the undecided section. Oh, I have heard this I feel story. like I did tell you. Yeah. And, or like the math science section, but I really, I like my gut told me to go into the undecided because I really was undecided and I should just focus on that. And he went over to the math science thing and I was like, <laughs> this is a sign. I should go over to the math science thing. So I totally went and sat over there. All that said, I basically decided to study math and science um for a little bit I actually was all over the place in college I studied that for a little bit then I got bored with it this is not shocking now at 33 because this is the same shit I do now um got bored with it because I'm somebody that needs to be challenged often and I was bored in my math classes which is weird but I was and so then I went in for like a year did social work 
And I was like, I'm going to be a social worker. We're just going to go with it. Then I was super bored in those classes because it was like, I feel like this sounds like a pompous ass thing to say, but it was like all the classes were easy A's where I didn't feel like challenged at all. So then I went back Mm -hmm. to the science. But then that time I was like, oh, I should do physics because that's super hard. And it is to me. Well, it it was, I think what I liked about it is it was like applied math. And so I was like, I'll just go do, be a physics teacher. And to do that in secondary, to be a high school physics teacher, you basically have to major in physics. So I had a physics major and like, um, as well as a secondary education major and then minored in math. And did that for like a year and a half and knew it wasn't what I was supposed to do with my life. Yeah. So it was just, but I will say because I went ahead and did that, I knew, I knew in my senior year of college that like, this is not what I wanted to do, but you're so far down the road that it was like, that is the thing that I think is such a big deal. There should be some type of like out almost for these yeah. students. Yeah. They're paying so much time. They're spending so much time. And I don't know, you get to this certain place and it's like, well, you're already in it. And what are you going to do? Go back and like redo the entire second half of your college career. No. And I, and I was like, I made the decision to do the physics thing for many reasons. Curtis will sometimes give me not I mean, he'll tease me, but like I was a very stubborn and still am person back then. And I was like, I'm going to do physics because like there's no women in physics and like we they need more women physics teachers. And I was like one of the only girls in all of my classes. Yeah, none of that's untrue. And it kicked my ass. Like it was like I was an A student in college and like the only C's I ever got was in those classes because and I tried my hardest and it was so hard and it was so frustrating because Curtis and I were married our last two years of college because we got married as babies, as we've said before, and we'll talk about soon. Um, and I remember coming home and like we were both working full time through school, through college and going to school full time. And like I'd come home and have hours and hours of these physics problems and he'd be watching movies for his degree. Yeah, that's disgusting. And I'm just like, I picked the wrong thing. <laughs> this is not the right choice. <laughs> he really did. And yeah. so many of us do. <laughs> yeah. But the, the one thing I'm thankful for is like, even though I am not currently a teacher, spoiler alert, um, I it is what brought us out to LA. Like I was able because of my degree, I actually had multiple job offers because there's very few physics teachers and there's all they're always looking to fill a position. Anna was yeah. a woman, um, and Curtis wanted to come out here to be a writer, and so we basically jumped because I had a secured job. And if we hadn't, if that, if I hadn't done that, I don't think we would have made taken the risky move. Yeah. And like had not, had, we wouldn't have moved out here. Yeah, it was it was your safety net, and it's it was such totally. a great thing that you had it. Yeah, yeah, so. I, we had no safety net when we came yeah. out here. I mean, well, we did. We saved like crazy. We saved. I can't even believe this, but we saved twenty thousand dollars to come here. Wow, I know. And it was. I mean, we spent half of it just getting here. It we was had crazy. You take a zero off of that. That's how much we had when we moved out here. Two thousand dollars. Yeah. Wow. Literally. But I mean, we spent it so fast, like yeah. because part of the. What we spent so fast was just like your lease and your oh, deposit. Yeah. And so that takes a massive chunk. And then we drove a Penske. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so stupid. Um, but yeah, I think when and if I have children, um, which is becoming a thing I say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or wait, is earlier, <laughs> were we recording? I don't think we were. I don't think we were. Brittany refers to children as half people. Oh. <laughs> Which is my new favorite thing. Um, When and if I have half people, I 
do want to. But they to... are full people. There's a story to that. That's there fine. is. They're, they just don't eat as much. <laughs> they just don't eat as much. Yes. <laughs> They're the half people. So they together count as one person. Yeah. I need to eat like a child. That would be the, the <laughs> trick. That's the trick, y'all. Um, I, I just want to be more involved in what they do in such a way that they feel empowered and free to pursue what they're interested in mm-hmm. um and this is such a privileged thing to even say but i did wasn't that way um and i don't want them to just do something practical for practicality's sake that said if my child tries to major in something like humanities they're on their <laughs> own beat that out of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like these are the degrees i will help pay for these are the ones that you're on your yeah. own with I, yeah. I i'm maybe serious about no that. i i think there's something to that like yeah yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's something to like taking time off like after school. I like I, I get yes. why a lot of people like my younger sibling, my, the last of the four of us is heading off to college. And it's like it's tough because I, I do think if you're going to go spend all this money on a degree and yes, there's the experience and trying to become an adult and everything. But it's a lot of money to then decide to not know what you want to do. And yeah. But then, did she take a gap year? Um. Kind of. She took some time after she graduated. Oh, good for her. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think there's something to that. But at the same time, what I will say is I also think looking at like my personality or both of us, like our career paths have been all over the place, Ugh. like all over the place. Yeah. I mean, like just for myself, like, you know, I was a teacher and then I got pregnant and we decided we made the decision because honestly, I knew I didn't want to teach. And I mean, this does get into a deeper thing, but like I wanted to stay home with my kid with Nadia and then then Beckett. But I also feel like I felt that way because that was what women in my family did. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really know what that looked like. I felt like there was this guilt that like if I went to go work that I'm not raising my kid or something. So that really I mean, that does it could be a whole other topic. Um but yeah, so the, during that time, I just was like, well, I don't know what I want to do. So we were able to like keep me home with yeah. the kids, which was, I was very blessed and privileged to be able to do that. But there's also like, I'm not going to sit here and say like, I regret that time because it was very special. But I was also in a very dark place that I didn't realize until I went back to work when Nadia was like four, you know, but that, yeah, that was its whole own thing is... Trying yeah. to actually realize, like, as a mom, it's okay to also have a career. But I didn't have a lot of examples of that growing up. Mm-hmm. And so then that's hard to Yeah, that's so out. true. Like, a big, like, specific career. Yeah. Yeah. So what? why don't you tell our listeners, I know I know about your story, but, like, kind of take us through what your career has looked like or okay. what that – I mean, I know even in one of the last podcasts you talked about how career – that it means I feel like that word means something different to probably a lot of people and like what yeah. how important it is in the role that it plays in your life totally so you can kind of maybe comment on that as you go of like what that's looked like in your life and sort of what your career has been from yeah well I would say the first thing about it all just for me specifically is I'm not a career focused person I never have been I've always been a good student a great employee hire me just kidding I have a great job we'll get into it <laughs> um but I've always been just like a I'm I'm good at that but it's not um the most important part of my life yeah and 
I've had a lot of guilt about that over the years, especially growing up in the generation we did where education did become such a big deal. And it's like women can do anything and women should do anything. And not only like should you do anything, you better do any like you better go out there and do some huge thing. And I um, that's cool and great. And I'm down for it for everyone except maybe me. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Which No, that's not true either. I just it's just not the most important part of my life. Everything else um, I actually said this to someone the other day that, um, for me, my life, my career orbits my life. My life doesn't orbit my career. Yeah. Um, do you think it's always been like that? It's always been like okay. that for yeah. me. I didn't know always. if that was something you discovered like later in life or the, yeah. No, it's always been that way for me. Like I am so driven by, um, I'm a very relationships driven person. Mm-hmm. So the thing in my life that gets me like excited and pumped and going is the time I get to spend with the people I love the most totally like if I had anything in my life that I was like this is the precipice of who I am it's that yeah it's my relationships um and my friends and whatever those kind of things so all that said just a quick little rundown of the trajectory that I went on is um, my first job ever was a skating rink snack bar girl. Did Woo-hoo. that for three years, 14 to 17. Then I switched to JCPenney, six months, what, what. <laughs> then I switched to the law firms and I was in law firms for five years. Then I went into book publishing and I did that for, I guess, like a year and a half to two years. Loved it. Um, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now out here in LA, book publishing was my trajectory. Yeah. I wanted like maybe I would be in New York or Chicago or something. Loved it. That was like the until now, the thing I loved the most was the book publishing. Yeah. Um, then I worked as a freelance copy editor for years. I still actually do some freelance copy editing on the side. Did that for years. Um, editing like master's papers and PhD papers and stuff. Like, wow. Yeah. All the I remember you showing us some or like some of the topics and things. And I'm like, are you understanding these things? And you're like, I'm, it's just about the grammar exactly. and just understanding. I'm like, okay. <laughs> sometimes I understood and sometimes I didn't. But like it was about I know how the Senate should be written. Yeah, exactly. Whether or not I understand what the hell they're talking about. Because I probably didn't. Yeah. Wow, those people. Y'all are real smart. Yeah. Um. So I did that for years and years and years. And then I kind of stumbled a little bit upon casting which I did for five or six years. And I thought I was going to get into it for, well, I was married to an actor at the time, a comedian, a writer, and he's talent. And so, and I was always really kind of good with him. Like we had a good, um, I guess, working relationship in a way yeah. where he auditioned for things all the time. And I worked with him on that. And we grew up also in a high school though, that was an acting high school. So I had that background of loving entertainment. Yeah. And um, got into casting to do it on the, scripted side ended up in unscripted and once you get into unscripted you can't get out because it pays so much better yeah and there's so much more work in it yeah there's so much more work there's so much more available um and I did it for years I did it for five or six years and I had a lot of great experience met some incredible people but it was not a fulfilling job for me yeah Mm -mm. that is a a tough job you have to really tough job like talking to people like Cold calling people. Ugh, I, that's the part I hated. I hated cold calling. I hated doing shows where you had to sell them the show to get them to want to do the show. Yeah. It's much different when you're doing a show where people are submitting. Like, yeah. you know, you're working on The Bachelor. That's a fun day yeah. in casting, They're y'all. just excited to be there and want to be yeah. there. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, I'm sure it has its own challenges. Don't at me. But <laughs> um, it's very different from doing a show like, you know, whatever, Dating Naked, where they got to be naked on a show and date somebody. It's just what the title implies. <laughs> it's hard. 
hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, to get to where I am now, I uh, worked in the casting thing for a long time, did a lot behind the scenes with my ex-husband, um, with his video career. And um, then when he and I split up, I met a trainer who helped completely change my life and introduced me to a whole world that, uh, you know, six months before I met her, nobody would have ever imagined I would have been involved in, including myself. And um, about a year and a half after I met her, she was looking to up-level her business. And she knew about my work in casting, my work with my ex-husband in like the video world. And she um, brought me on. She hired yeah. me. So I run her business now with her. For a couple years now, right? Yeah, I've been there for two and a half years called wow. Lacey Stone Fitness. And I run operations and I run production. Um, and now I'm getting into... Um, managing brand par- partnerships so it's awesome yeah that's a long story to get to no. i studied journalism and now i work for a fitness company yeah. y'all like what that's probably what a lot of people's lives will look yeah. like yeah well you were looking up stats right i was just and gonna say said, like as you were telling yeah. your thing um telling your, your thing your story <laughs> um some statistics i looked up earlier today is that it says um it's from the careers advice online website and it says the average person will change careers five to seven times during their working life according to career change statistics uh with an ever increasing number of career choices 30 percent of the workforce will now change careers or jobs almost every 12 months which some of that that i was reading about also even if you're in the same sort of uh like, let's say you're in the same path. Like, you may be switching from moving up, like, up-leveling in your current job. And they counted some of that as a career change. It just mm-hmm. depended. That's um, what I was wondering, actually. Some of like- it, that that specific statistic was talking about that. Okay. But that did say by the, by the age of 42, it's you may already have had about 10 jobs. And those could be from a variety of careers. Okay. Or career 10 paths. jobs makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, like, even when you're in casting, I know they're not talking about this, but, like, you change shows, companies, locations oh. constantly. That's you can change life every... in LA, yeah. Yeah, like, two months to six months, whatever. So, it's a constant thing. Yeah. But just what I just listed, I think that's, like, five things. Yeah. Oh, it's... Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I didn't realize how, un, how common it actually was. Yeah. I think that... I mean, I'm sure there are people who, like, say, decide to be a doctor or something where it's Mm -hmm. like you make this huge commitment to a very long, you know, education journey, really. And then you may stick with, you know, there are those people that stick with the one career for a long time. And I think that maybe in our parents' generation, that was a lot more common. Yeah. But it just seems like with, like, since the internet age and then working from home and things have Mm -hmm. shifted so much where people just, like, change around their jobs a lot. well it was more common back then too but it was also more desired yeah they wanted you like tenure was huge like and oh, i don't true. mean that in just like the academic sense but like being somewhere for a really long time they wanted to see on your resume that you've been at a company for 20 yeah. years otherwise you look like you're flaky, you're flaky and you jump around yeah and now people are like why do you stay somewhere so long absolutely it's almost a little odd yeah like, uh, aren't you bored yeah exactly um, and don't you want more like i think that's a big question that comes up sometimes is if you're at one place for so long it's like cool you can climb the ladder there but like is that still enough for you and for some people it is like yeah. you know especially and I can understand it I'm not a work-centric person but also because I'm not a work-centric person I want to love my job yeah because other like if I'm spending eight hours a day doing something that I already am not like it's not my biggest focus in life yeah wow 
yeah. kill me now. No, totally. Yeah, I need to like my job. And it took a really long time to get to a place where I was like this. I want to wake up and do this every yeah. day. Where it's like there may be a job you can make way more money at. Yep. But if you hate it. I mean, I'm casting it. it. That's what I, I was yeah. doing. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Times yeah. were good. Um, money wise, just absolutely not worth it. Yeah. For me. No, it makes sense. It's yeah. like I tell my coworkers all the time. I'm like, I literally sit and spend more time with you than anybody in my life. I better like you. Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> anybody, my kids, my husband. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah like so your best it's, friends. It's everything. Yeah. How many have you counted? How many have I you have had not. I since feel college? like, like, oh God. Well, well, let's just count jobs because they all can be different careers. And not, I'm not talking about different shows and stuff. But yeah. Like, yeah. Since college. Um, well, you ran the cafe. You okay. Were a cafe well, manager. okay. Yeah. If we go. Yeah. Let me think back during to, college counts because I did law firm. Yeah. No, I yeah, worked all through college. college. So I worked at um, a sort of coffee house restaurant thing for two years as like a nighttime manager, shift manager. Then I worked at a couple office jobs, which last podcast we talked about were through yep. the Assemblies <laughs> of God. Um, some in like a financial part of it and then another one was more of like working with missionary kids um then I I think that from there is when we moved to LA was a teacher um then stayed home with the kids for basically four years and in that time I did a whole bunch of part-time little things but none, nothing like significant um, started my sort of furniture rehab business on the side, which was just so cool. redoing furniture and building furniture and just letting my creative side out, basically. Yeah. Um, then I just one day, it was like, it's funny because this was one of those little moments that I can pinpoint was basically it was me, you, Jade and Kelsey went on this like girls little getaway to Temecula. Uh, yeah. And I, I had been wrestling for a long time. There, I'd actually had several full-time job opportunities come up while I was home with the kids. And every time I said no, because it just didn't feel right. Or like child care is expensive as hell, especially in Los Angeles. And basically it was like, am I willing to work for free? It was kind of the point it was going to be. And mm-hmm. I, at the time, I just couldn't justify it. I probably should have for my mental health <laughs> at the time, but I didn't. Um, and then I don't know something, I can't even pinpoint the sentence. It was listening to Kelsey talk a lot about her job and just, and like just everybody talking about the different things. Like even like Jade was home with the kids, but she had photography. Everybody had a thing. And I was like, I just don't have this thing. Mm -hmm. And I, something clicked in me where I was like, after that trip, I went home and I messaged some people and I was like, I want to go back to work. I don't care if I make absolutely nothing I don't care if I bring home nothing which is what happened so for like a year about a year I started over I worked as a production assistant which is like the you know and the most low entry-level job you can have in the entertainment industry you know and I was like 20 I don't know eight something 27 28 or something and that's like normally a job right out of college Mm mm-hmm and basically made enough to just pay like for the kids to be in daycare and I was like it's fine I'm ready to do this and this isn't yeah. getting very long but basically from that oh and then I then we I don't oh my god it's just like my life is all over the <laughs> You're place like, now that I break it down when I, I break it down I am a mess 10 times <laughs> And I am 32, uh, yeah. not 42. <laughs> yeah. So then we decided, I also worked, I did some odd like sort of independent contractor work as like an assistant editor. And then 
we moved to Kansas City and I got my real estate license. <laughs> I worked as a real estate agent for about a year and a half while also helping Curtis edit. Then we moved back to LA and I've been working as I was a production coordinator, or not production, a post coordinator on some TV shows. And now I am a story producer. Um, so cool. Yeah, on a TV <laughs> show. So it's all over the place. Yeah. And it sounds ridiculous when I say it all out loud. <laughs> no, I mean, the thing is, though, like there is a common thread in these things. So, so, you know, getting you getting interested in the like TV thing. For starters, we're in Hollywood, so like it's surra- yeah. it's everywhere. But I mean, you know, Curtis, your yeah. husband, is an editor, and he's worked in that for a really long time. So you've seen the stuff that he's done, and you know, I've worked in TV for years. Mora, um, uh, all these different people. So you've, Johnny, all these people have been involved, and you're like watching these things and figuring out where your like talents can best be used. Yeah, and you fa- you found it. Yeah, I think it, I I do. <laughs> I, so. I can pinpoint. Uh, being a teacher and I was always surrounded by people who just like were doing something creative and I think I had written that part of my I don't say body but part of myself um, off like I've always had this creative like the musician sort of side of me but I always am like no I'm that math science person I'm that math science person like that's just Mm -hmm. what I identified as and I think it was like coming out to LA and realizing all these people are just I don't know. That's what I love about LA. It's like every you're never too old to start to start over. You're never too old to try yeah. anything. Nobody knows how old you are. <laughs> no, no, that's true. And which is also like with the title of the podcast, like at 18, like you don't have to decide what you want to do. Like it's going to change a million times and that's okay. Absolutely. And I just think like at that time when I was a teacher, I was surrounded by people that were just doing things that they enjoyed or were trying or they were excited about. Not that you had to be like crazy passionate, but it was just like... I don't know. I was enticed by it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's something about that TV world that I was like, oh, I could I could get into this yeah. and just try it out. And that's kind of what I've been dabbling in for a little while. And we'll see where that takes me, you know? Yeah. And you're good at it. I mean, something a few years ago when I was really in the thick of not liking my work, um, and I was like, I, I, had, I had written off that I would ever find something that I would. I was like, I'm just going to have to always have a job to pay the bills. Yeah. And it was kind of sad, but I also kind of came to terms with it. I was like, I'm just going to have to have a job to pay the bills. It just is what it is. Um, And I know that's Curtis's favorite saying. (laughs) It is what it (laughs) It is. It is what it is. Uh, He loves it because I say it all the time. (laughs) Drives him nuts. Yeah. Um, A friend said, write down the things about the job that you have that you do love. Mm. Because there's probably something. What do you like about it? And like everything I wrote down was like, I like the people. We have good crafty. This was when uh, you were in casting. It's close to home. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's okay. close. This one is close to home. The show I'm doing is close to home. And then write down the things you don't like. And then write down like the non-negotiables. And so I did all of this. And I did not go out into the world and find some job that fit all of these things. I got very lucky where I met the right person. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's huge. And they always say it's who you know. But I do think it's also just sharing your like heart with people <laughs> and your talents with people. So Lacey found out through training me that um, I helped my ex-husband produce videos and I helped him audition for things and I um, know how to, uh, you know, work like little things, work a camera. I know how to write a script. I 
you know, have a ton of like a, like a big administrative background from being in law firms and book publishing. I know how to write because of book publishing and journalism. Yeah. And she just kind of listened to me and in, in those training sessions, like exercising. And then a year and a half later, when she was ready to up level her business, she thought of me, Yeah. you know? So I think it's having those conversations with people. And I told her in those moments too, I was like, I don't work well in an office. Yeah. And by that, I mean, I do, I work just fine. Yeah. I feel like a rat in a cage. Yeah. But you had figured out like what you wanted at this point in your life. Yeah. yeah. I thrive on variety. So what I'm doing in my job now, I get to do so many different things. Mm -hmm. So I get to do some just like administrative stuff. I'm signing people up for camps. I'm doing invoices. I'm, you know, writing um, marketing copy for newsletters. And then, you know, another day we're on set somewhere shooting videos. And then another day I'm writing social media copy and I'm working with brands. And another day we're running events and things like that. So I get to work at my mind in so many different areas and I am very fortunate that I don't have to be in an office yeah (laughs) nine to five and we work together plenty but um and you know I I still have deadlines and all these different things but the the elements that I despise in a job you got to find something if if you're so lucky you got to find something where the parts that you despise are not part of your job yeah I think it's even more important than finding what you love is not being in a place with things that you hate yeah. In my no, I think opinion. that's good. Think Some that's people really might good. disagree. I think that's important. I think it is very important. Ugh. And I think it's like, you. it's also assessing at, you know, different stages of your life what's important to you because yeah. there's times like the times we were in Kansas City, I had a very flexible work, work life. Like Curtis worked from home and I mean, I worked full time as a real estate agent, but the expectation with working on the team was sort of... We didn't have to be in the office all the time, so I had a lot of flexibility. And there was parts of it that I loved. And for that period of our life, coming off of, like, a season where we needed that, it was amazing. Yeah. But then I also came off of that time going, like, okay, now I need some structure again. And so it's, like, I think being okay to, like, assess what you need. And for some people, like, maybe for you, you know, like, you always are going to need that. And, like, for me right now, I... Like, and maybe it's strange to a lot of people, but I kind of love the office environment mm-hmm. because I'm very social and I like, you know, pausing every 40 minutes and getting to chat with people. And like, you know, I like that part. But then there are days where I'm like, man, I miss the flexibility. But that's just also me. I'm always going to yeah. be a little get bored with something and be like, pew, what's on to the next thing? You know? Right. I think that's so cool, though, that like you, your brain does work in a lot of different ways, too. And you're like fearless where you are not afraid to try something new. And I, oh, 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 it, light bulb. <laughs> it's called a closed mindset. Okay. Oh my gosh. Back to Mel Robbins. <laughs> so it turns out I have a closed mindset. And so if somebody tells oh, me I something I may or may not about this. Yeah, be able to do, I'm just like, oh, cool. I guess I can't do that. And it's an area of growth for me that I've gotten way better about. Um, And some people have, there's closed mindsets and there's growth mindsets. So my boyfriend is majorly a growth mindset person. And I Mm -hmm. think that's good that I'm with somebody who wasn't closed mindset or we'd just be like, wow, terrible. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I err towards that light bulb moment. So closed or growth, okay. Closed or growth mindset, which are you? I would say I'm growth. I would say you're growth too. Yeah. And I think that that's like the freedom that you have where you're like you're willing to pivot at all times. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I don't know. You just do it. But I think that's also there's like methods though with that where I think oh you want to be go be a lawyer go get a law degree. It's just like mm-hmm. there's a maybe it's just like the problem solver in me is like yeah. there's always like a way to do that thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. 
Yeah. But the career part, it is hard. It's it's a, It's been a journey. It's probably and not one over. That's never, no, I, I've accepted at this point it's not over. Because if you ask me, like, one of my questions I was going to ask you is, like, are you approaching things differently now in your 30s than you did in your 20s, like, moving forward? Or do you feel like you're kind of on the same path? I wouldn't say it's, like, completely different. But I would say I'm probably just a little less fearful yeah. now that I know the possibilities of what are out, what's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very happy in my job right now. I'm very, like, content. And, I'm yeah. like, not even – content sounds like I'm almost bored. That's not the right no, word. No, yeah. I'm just happy here. I'm yeah, happy with what amazing. I'm doing. Um, but I also just feel – it's like a glimpse into, oh my gosh, like there was so much more out there than I even considered. Yeah. You know, and it gives me hope, not just for myself, but like for other friends. I have other friends who really are unhappy in their work right now. And I'm like, there's something for you. There's something yeah. out there for you. There is. Yeah. I think really encouraging people to, like when you were talking about meeting Lacey and just being comfortable with telling people what you're good at and yes. like, and just, it's not even like, oh, you're trying to advertise yourself to everybody, but it's like, yeah. I think we tend to downplay a lot of like the things that we're amazing at because mm-hmm. I don't know, none of us want to seem like boasty or whatever, but it's, I think even the jobs I've gotten and even like the kind of jump I made this year, it was all sort of opportunities where I was like yeah I can do that and some and it was a jump and some of it was like a big learning curve but it was just being willing to to say like yes because the thing is like you can do so many things and you're you know I used to be and I am still this way actually where I'm like no I want to figure it all out then I'll say yes to whatever the thing which is. which I'm very much that yeah, way. yeah I'm like mm-hmm. no, no no I gotta know how to do all of it because I want to be good at it because I'm a overachiever and I'm like I want to kill at whatever I try at and I think it's just accepting, like, putting yourself out there and having the conversations with people because, you know, I know it's very cliche, but it's, like, the worst case that can happen is someone says no. And, like, why yeah. not just yeah. try to get out of it and break out of that comfort zone, try something new, get out of that job you don't like, you know. Yeah. And I think a huge thing about with that, too, just a, a way to facilitate that somewhat if you are in a place that you don't want to be is you have to get into an environment you otherwise wouldn't be in for people to even know about you. Yeah. And it sounds so dumb, but I don't even mean necessarily networking. I mean, join a club. Yeah. Like, you know, go somewhere new. When your friend invites you to a party with people you don't know, go to it. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Totally. Um, Because it's those people who will remember if you have a conversation. I'm not saying go somewhere and like tell everybody your resume. It's not that it's actually getting to know them. Yeah. So like, you know, those moments with Lacey, I wasn't giving her a resume. She was like, Oh, you know, when you're doing these things, what are you, what are you doing with them? And what do you like about that? And what don't you like about Mm -hmm. that? And she like created, she created a position that fulfilled like so many things she needed and that I needed. Yeah. And I know that that's not the story that's normal, but it's also clearly not impossible. Yeah. So I think it's just putting yourself in a different environment. And, yeah. Um, making people see your face. Yeah. See you. Do you have any, <laughs> uh, I guess maybe looking back on 18-year-old Tiffany or maybe some advice for any younger people listening do you have any, like, would you change your, how you went about choosing your major or like, do you have any advice of like, yeah, 
you know, how you make those decisions? I think that's an interesting question because the things that I told you that got me to where I am now were because I had a closed mindset, (laughs) (laughs) which is what I'm saying don't have. Yeah. So I'm kind of grateful in a way that I had a closed mindset at at that time. Um, So maybe that's the trick, (laughs) y'all. Like if one door closes. Close for a period of your life and then switch to open. Or or what a growth. Yeah. If one door closes, lock it. Like... (laughs) Um, I don't know, but I think in general, like if I could go back and like mentor my younger self, I would say, don't let somebody else's opinion on, um, what may or may not be right for you sway you. Yeah. It's like the newscasting thing. I like should have just, I should have gone for it. Yeah. It's what I wanted to do since I was like six years old. I should have just done it and I didn't based on one email. And I think that that was, um, it's stupid yeah <laughs> that's just dumb and I'm not I wasn't a dumb kid and um I think also not just being so rigid so I think that if I could go back to being 18 again and I go to college I um would not have like declared a major in my first two years personally 100% I would have waited until year three I, same and yeah. I didn't yeah so that would be my that's kind of my I guess regret, I try to be like, oh, I have no regrets, but, you know, and doing the teaching thing did bring us out to LA, but I, I kind of regret just, which is maybe opposite of what we're telling some people to do, but like, <laughs> I kind of regret not taking that time that I spent money on exploring some things that I found interesting to me to be able to further figure out what I wanted to do, um, which like, if you could do that in community college and save some money, yep. do that, um, But that's the part, like, I do regret that because there were so many things, like, I thought about doing music and I thought about doing lots of things that now in my 30s, not that I can't start over and do, it's just a little bit harder with kids and already being in a career and bills to pay and whatever. And I mean, those are a lot of those are excuses, but I just, I wish I had just gone for the, like, instead of the logical choice or the uh, rational choice I would have just taken the risk and I mean that's what Curtis did he started off as like an international I don't even know what it was called it was like basically political science mm-hmm. and then some he had some big conversation with his brother that sort of inspired him of like well what do you just enjoy like what do you like to do he was like I like to watch movies I love he was super into movies and like film and writing and he's like why don't you just study that yeah and then he just switched it and I was like it's awesome. So that's what I would do. <laughs> Sorry, I got lost in Brittany's deep blue eyes. <laughs> My deep blue eyes. I think I actually did. <laughs> hey, do you have like any way that you would want to approach the whole career? I don't know, conversation, situation with raising them? Like, do you feel like you wish that like that would have been more of a conversation growing up or like it probably doesn't even matter until you got a little bit older? I think, I think if anything, um, if I have half people, (laughs) I really want to encourage just whatever their interests are. So I think I am going to be very into them trying things, whether they want to or not for a period. Yeah. And then if they're not into it, letting it go. I don't want to force anybody. But I think I will be into that. Yeah. Like, no, you're gonna try basketball. No, you're gonna try violin. Yeah. Um, and just and then letting them lead the way after that I think is what I'll do yeah and then maybe something will come of that you know what I mean like maybe it'll be in the arts maybe it'll be in sports it doesn't necessarily have to be on like a subject for me yeah like I would love if like my little kid is an artist yeah you know or whatever musician an athlete all these things um I think I'll be more like that I and I want them to 
tell me what they're into and things like that, which my mom was really great about because like I was into books. Like yeah. that's in my mom and I would go to the library and check out like the max number they would let us oh, at a time awesome. per person. Like we would go home with 20 books each <laughs> and like we would just be reading all the time, reading in the car, reading at home. And my dad in a certain way like hated it because he would want to chat with us. Oh, and we'd that's be like, funny. Daddy, I'm reading. My mom, Larry, we're reading. <laughs> it's actually like a funny memory, but um, she awesome. did lead the way with that, with books and everything. And That's I, cool. I, yeah, I just want to like listen to them and maybe a little bit more um, on them. Yeah. And I think part of that is resources though, too. Like we, I didn't grow up with money and we didn't have the yeah. resources to do all these clubs. That's what I, I was going to say that too, is like, and I, I say this with the utmost respect and love and I know yeah. that they didn't have the resources to do that. So I don't. I don't really like blame. Yeah, it's, it's not like it, resentment. No, it really isn't. It's just like yeah. it's just opportunity. Like people that have more resources have opportunities. Yep. When you don't, and there's things that like my sister and I will talk a lot about. Like we always wanted to get more into dancing and like things that just didn't. Whether it was resources or even like the town we lived in and didn't really have opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. We did that a little bit like here and there, but there's things that I'm like I still as a 33 year old woman is like I really like hip-hop dance like I wish I could have been a like a back like honestly (laughs) like been you know a background dancer on whatever it doesn't matter now I'm 33 but uh you can do anything at any age but you said so yourself I know that's true um (laughs) but that's how yeah that's kind of how we're trying to approach it with the kids too is like just letting them dabble in some things like I, I don't want them to be flaky but I also want them to at least try it and yeah you know, even something with Nadia, like they did some gymnastics for a little while and like then we let them try something else. And now she's kind of like been talking about gymnastics again where she's like, I kind of think I might want to go back to that. And I'm like, okay. Um, Which at some point they're going to have to, you know, if they want to like really get into something, you do have to eventually pick something and like focus on it. But I also want to just encourage them to try things and yeah, see what they like. And yeah. Yeah. They don't know until they try. No. Right. Yeah. That's what I tell Josh with the aiolis. You don't know if you don't like it until you try the aioli. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Well, I think the moral of the story is if you're 18, you're 28, you're 38, you don't have to know what you want to be when you grow up. You do not. And something I love, um, which I'll leave my comments at this, but I read Becoming by um, Michelle Obama last year. And so good. So great. And I just love what she said in the book. And I don't remember the exact quote. I didn't pull it up or anything. I'm just thinking of this right now. But she said, you know, we ask children, what do you want to be when you grow up? For one, it's a career focused question. And it it implies that one day you'll be something and that's all you'll be. Yeah, that's yeah. And I just thought that was so powerful. And she's, and that's the whole idea behind the whole book is becoming. You never grow up and you just are this one thing. You're constantly evolving and becoming something. Hopefully, we're all becoming something better. And and clearly, Michelle has a growth mindset. Yes. (laughs) But that really resonated with me because you you do ask kids that. What do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, what does grow up even mean? What does that even mean? Which Josh is very anti. Um, but I think a better question is, who do you want to be when you grow up? Like, yeah. what kind of what kind of person do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, and the yeah. career can figure itself out. Yeah, yeah, that's hopefully it's good. It's yeah. Any final thoughts? Don't quit school, kids. <laughs> that is good. You should finish school. I guess. Yeah, I think I do think it's important. I do. Yeah, I, and not even like college, whatever. But like, definitely, let's get through high school, y'all. Yeah. 
I don't know how I feel about college, to be honest. Like, right. I think in this day and age, I think I 100% support it if you're going to go, if you need it for something, like to be get a teaching degree or a doctorate degree or nursing, a lawyer. Please like, go to college. Yeah, please. <laughs> please go if you, if that's what you, it's required. Yeah. But I will say, and this definitely comes from living in a city like LA, is, you know, if you're going to do anything in the arts, you know, within, I mean, okay, obviously if you're going to do like graphic artist or, but, but honestly, even a lot of those things, like I taught myself, uh, Avid, which is like a editing software through something called Linda, Linda Linda.com. And I paid 30 bucks a month for like a few months and taught myself how to edit. If you don't want to go to college or you think you want to try something like I know so many friends out here in LA that are doing very well. Yeah. And they never finished college. Right. So, but I, I know that's also, you know, the world we live in out here within within the arts and things like that. But I also think that's just how things have transitioned. Like, the knowledge is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, accessible everywhere. And you can teach yourself basically anything right. from the internet. So, I'm with you. Uh, well, with all that said, let's move on to a couple of our top three. Um, some fun things let's just to end the episode. It. Uh, so number one, we have to talk about it for just a minute, is what did you think about The Bachelor this week? Too much, Hannah. I was really mm. annoyed that she comes out of the limo, the whole thing, and then she also shows up on the date. I thought it was honestly, and I don't, I, this is a fairly like trashy kind of show, right? <laughs> I don't typically feel this way. I felt like it was in poor taste. I mean, that whole part was very cringy. Um I mean, I, I feel like you can tell he's very hung up on her, no matter how you edit it or put it together, yeah. like, which is kind of hard because all the, I'm sure, I know they were teasing that for next episode, but, and by the time this comes out, there's probably going to be one more. So this is really talking about the first episode. Um, yeah. I mean, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I, to be honest, nobody really stood out to me the first yeah. night. Well, one of the girls who did stand out to me went home, and I was really surprised. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wish I remember her I don't name, remember but her she name was either. darling. Um, and she was like super, she was into fitness and all this stuff. And she was just, I thought so. Yeah. I thought she was going to be interesting and she was cute and whatever and kind. Um, that was disappointing. But I am, other than that, she was one of like two that stood out to me. And yeah. Yeah. Not enough that I remember anyone's names. <laughs> yeah. I know. And they always do that, which I don't, I don't love this either is like having one of the f- very first dates. Like a lot of times they'll do this where it's like an, something with the family. And I'm like, this yeah. is, I mean, I get on the one hand, there's like nothing's established. So it's kind of, you know, like you just took this random date to a wedding, yeah. but it was a big thing. It was, it was his parents' vow renewal. Yeah. Like that's meaningful. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously they did the vow renewal for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Still, it still got done. Yeah. I thought it was really odd, too. And also that weird dance he kept doing with her from behind oh, yeah. during the song. <laughs> I was like, you're doing this way too long, yeah. Peter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the next week. Yeah, I mean, I love, I, I love it. I love it all. I'm glad it's here. Me, too. Yeah. I'm ready for it. Bring it on. <laughs> all right. Well, another um, TV thing I'll quickly bring up is um, The Biggest Loser is coming back Mm -hmm. and the only reason why this kind of even popped into my brain was after kind of editing our last episode and body image and things have been on my brain a lot it tends to sit with me for a little while and so I was thinking about this and I mean I am a big biggest loser watcher I was I always was I always was too and what like 
I guess trying to be objective with this, what are your thoughts on it? Because it went away for a reason, but now yeah. it's coming back and Bob Harper's hosting it on a different channel. Do you have any thoughts about this? I'm excited about it. I mean, the two trainers, I know more about the female trainer than the male um, trainer. She has a really interesting personal story. Like she's lost over 100 pounds herself Mm -hmm. um, and has kept it off. And now she's like training other people. Um, So I love that storyline. And I think it's an imperative storyline for the show. Yes. Because um, they came under so much fire for so many contestants over the years losing the weight and then putting it all back on when they didn't have the resources and all those things again yeah um anymore so um obviously she's going to be used as an example that Mm -hmm. it is possible um also to be completely fair she has made it her career and when your body is your career it is much easier to stay in shape than anyone else i agree so that's a whole thing too and that's not i don't even know if that's a criticism it's just an observation um, that said, I love Bob Harper. I always I enjoyed too. the show. He's a cutie. He's a he's a flipping cutie. Yeah. And he had a heart attack a few years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a huge deal that like this healthy Bob Harper had a heart attack. Oh. And um, I think that's going to be a big storyline on it all. Um, I'll be surprised if it's not. So I'm excited for it to come back. I think they're going to have to do things pretty differently for it yeah. to survive because they had so much criticism. Yeah, which I, the little bit that I've read about it, heard about it, sounds like they're trying to make it a little bit more holistic. Yeah. Than before. Um, which is good because you do want these people to go home and like yeah. have a shot at um maintaining totally it's the hardest thing for anyone you know the stats say that um when you like lose any significant amount of weight like not like it's like 90 percent of us put it back on in five years really uh-huh well that's encouraging yeah no i know it's terrible <laughs> what that's you're saying is i should just give, <laughs> not even try <laughs> no it's just saying that like diet culture doesn't work yeah you know it has to be something different that makes sense yeah um i'm excited that we're gonna watch yeah. All right. I am. I I love me some, I mean, we talked about it. I love me some before and afters. Yeah. I'm a sucker for it. I know everybody loves that. It's just. Everybody I don't know, does. It's very inspiring too. It it's is. like you really fall in love with the people and hearing their stories and yeah. It is inspiring. And even if somebody doesn't keep it off forever to have that moment in time to get to like focus on your um, health and your body and yourself and not everything else in your life like most of us don't get that chance in life to have that time to do yeah. something like that um so more power to them like it's yeah. an experience that i think is very valuable no matter what the final you know lifetime outcome is yeah yeah that makes sense we'll see we're here for it bob we're here for it hit us up if you uh <laughs> I don't know. I want to say hi. So <laughs> <laughs> you seem like a fun guy. Slide into her DMs. <laughs> um, so kind of to kind of wrap this up, since we are avid podcast listeners, I thought it would be great to give our listeners maybe one recommendation this week to listen to. I mean, there's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like most of what I listen to. Maybe not most. For a long time, most of what I listened to was crime podcasts. Yeah. That's kind of where we fell in love with Serial and all of those. Yeah. Um, but there's all kinds of ones out there. But uh, Tiffany, what would be a podcast you'd like our listeners to check out? Can, can I recommend Serial? <laughs> yes. If you have not <laughs> listened to Serial at this point. Six years later. Please go listen to it. Please. Um, I just listened to Root of Evil. Okay. It's um, the true story of the Black Dahlia murderer. Okay. And murder, I guess. Um, holy smokes. I'm glad is- you're talking about this because this has been on my queue for a very long time and I haven't 
started you, it. You must. Okay. You okay. must. It is fantastic. Um, so I particularly have an interest in it because for one, everybody knows the Black Dahlia murder. It's like the yeah. one of the most famous of all time. But also, um, Josh used to live in Los Feliz, um, like half a block from the Black Dahlia murder oh, house. Okay. And so we would walk by it all the time. He would run by it all the time, drive by it all the time. There's always events and things going on there. But just it was part of his neighborhood. It's the end yeah. of the street was this house. And um, to get to listen to the story, it is told by family members of the man who many now believe was the murderer of the Black really? Dahlia murderer. Mm-hmm. And it's all about not just that murder, but also about that man's family. And it is fucked up it is screwed up okay i'm in i've i think you know the reason maybe this is weird but the the biggest reason why i haven't listened to yeah. it is because it was about the black dahlia because it's about that no, on, only because i feel like i've heard the story like yeah 500 times yeah and, and there's so, nothing new right Yeah, where i'm just like what are you gonna tell me oh. so i've almost started it so many times and i was yeah. like is this just gonna be one where i'm like i've heard this told before yeah and so i hadn't I'm, you, yeah. I tend to look for ones that I'm like, I've never heard this story before. But, I'm the okay, same. I'm glad. But that you, you must. And okay. I'll give you one little thing that's not even a spoiler because if you listen to any of the trailers and stuff from it, it's like one of yeah. the opening things about it. Um, the man who they believe is the Black Dahlia murderer, his son grew up to be one of the most um, like prolific um, murder investigators in the city of LA. Really? Mm -hmm. And when he found out through his family, again, this is not a spoiler. It is a major part. um, He sets out to prove that his dad is not the Black Dahlia murderer when he finds out that um, he had been investigated for it. And uh, well, there's a surprise for him because he is studying this murder and he comes to believe that he absolutely is the black dahlia murderer oh my gosh okay I and they lead with they out. lead with that yeah like it yeah. kind of starts there and then you go down everything so okay well i'm listen. sold i'm excited okay cool everyone tell me what you think ah it's great it's so good <laughs> okay. it's sick it I also is like, about art and la yeah. and like the time period oh, oh totally it's like i i yeah do I you said, know the house on no, franklin I boulevard don't know that no oh the house does it is it like it Does looks it have sign like do you do pe- would people know walking by it that that's the house? Uh, well, like you know that it's something. So you walk by it, it looks almost like an Egyptian temple. Oh, and okay, it's okay. Um, weird architecture. It's Frank Lloyd Wright's son created this house. Lloyd Wright is his name. Okay. He built this house, and so it's just bizarre architecture. Uh-huh. So weird. I'll show you a picture later. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's exciting. What's I had yours? no idea that it was so close to where <laughs> it's Josh great. Lived. Oh my god, girls! The end of a street. Wild. It's amazing. Um. Um, mine, okay, to? so my podcast this week, uh, not this week, it's been out for a little while, but, um, Curtis and I binged it when we went to, when we drove to San Francisco, um, and it's called The Habitat, um, and basically it's, uh, I'm just gonna read you a little bit of the description, cause it's a, they can do a much better job than I can, and then I'll tell you a little bit about it, but basically it says, on a remote mountain in Hawaii, there's a fake planet Mars. Six volunteers are secluded in an imitation Mars habitat where they will work as imitation astronauts for one very real year. The goal is to help NASA understand what life might be like on the red planet and plan for the day when the dress rehearsals are over and we blast off for real. So basically, when I first read the description, I was like, oh, this is like a fiction. And oh, yeah, it sounds scripted. Oh, no. This, this is 100% real. What? They did this, and they do this as an experiment. 
No, this is 100% real. So basically, there's uh, eight episodes. I think it's eight episodes. It's short. It's seven episodes with a bonus. And they're only 30 minutes. So you can binge this very quickly. And we we literally didn't stop listening to it. Because basically, the people go in there. These volunteers who are all super into NASA. Not scripted. They, it was in the news and everything, too. Wow. It's like, it's because it's like science and only uh-huh. a few of us hear about it or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, because I will say something about podcasts is there's all these scripted ones out there. And I don't know. I'm just I not that interested. I I'm can't just, do it. I'm not interested either. And I I'm, apologize. Um, Prove us wrong. Tell us what yeah, you listen to. But no, it's not. And so they put them in there. And I was like right, ready for there to be this. Like they go in, but then at some point they come out. But like, no, they go in there for a year. And this is like Biodome. Yes. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. But then they have all these audio diaries that they send out. And so basically the every episode is just like the audio diaries. There's an, there's like a host that tells who they got in all the material and they, they journal it all. And like there's all this crazy science. It's, it's insane. Like it's crazy. It's fascinating. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, it's six people in there and like the relationships – that develop and like just imagining living with six strangers yeah for a year and not they, they get to go outside but the only they have to everything is as if they're on mars so like they eat you know space food or space food <laughs> that's not a thing but <laughs> dipping dots <laughs> they eat dipping dots <laughs> but i don't know that sounds awesome. I'm going to listen to it. I can't wait because as you were reading it, I was like, I didn't know you were into scripted podcasts. No. Oh, oh no. And it's so not. It's, I, I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away, but just like think about all the things you have to just function and day in and day out. And it's as if they're on another planet. And yeah. so they have to simulate all of those things. Um, they're going to come out like atrophied and pale. Yeah. So you should listen to I it. I can't wait. Oh my gosh. I have not even, I'm so into this. Thank you. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. And you can binge it so fast. Like. Done. Well. Well. I don't know how we are supposed to end these. We're always like. I know. We haven't quite figured out. that out. We haven't figured that out. I think that it's a great time to say, if you have listened this far, first off, thank you so much. You guys have been so encouraging and DMing us and telling us your thoughts. Yes. We really appreciate it. So please like the podcast, subscribe yes. to the podcast, and it does us a huge help if you leave a review. Yes. It makes and share us with more, your friends if you yeah. feel so inclined. Yeah. It makes yeah. us searchable. And yeah, share with your friends. We appreciate that. And um, if there's ever a topic you would love for us to chat about, we are Please here let us know. for it. Yeah. Let us know. Um, and I think with that said, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks.